You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right, we are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Roto Librarian Ryan Livergood. Joining me this evening, first of all, from the Pillow Palace in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Will the Thrill Greenwood. Ho, 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 yeah, I'm ready for tonight. I am overly excited for tonight. It might be a night of fast talking, rapid reactions, and a lot of disagreement between the three Joes. That's right, the three Joes, because from North Carolina, it's the one and only Trey Barrett, everybody. What's going on, gentlemen? We're in number 45. That's right. That's right. You've been, I know you've been dying to do that again, Ryan. You guys, you probably sought out a guest from North Carolina. I've been trying to get some guests from North Carolina. It's not necessarily the hotbed of, um, of Dynasty, like Tennessee. You know, if it was ten, if you're from Tennessee, gosh, guys lining up, but. Or Kentucky. Yeah. Kentucky. Well, that's what I meant to say. Kentucky, you know, with Ryan McDowell and Peter Howard and um, Travis Mays from Tennessee. That's what I was thinking. There's all kinds of, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky guys, SEC fans. A lot of dynasty action going on. So where are we going to start, guys? I mean, we're just going to jump in and talk about all kinds of things. Um, but let's start the SEC since Trey's with us. Will, you, you have some questions about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, I, so I, yeah, I, we talked about Ryan earlier on about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the season. I was like, oh, I'm getting excited about this guy. But he's moving up too far. In all the dynasty podcasts I've listened to, I'm very concerned about using a first-round pick on him in – a super flex league, especially, but even in a one quarterback league, he's cre- he's creeping up. He's that guy climbing the ladder, you know, rung by rung. He's been playing the most games out of everybody. That offense has just been incredible this year, and I think he's a trap. It's a trap. So I I, uh, I you know he's somebody that I wanted, and now I think unless he's, he's he falls further than what he's being currently projected, I think the your casual dynasty owner is going to be taking him at that, let's say, like 110 spot in your normal rookie draft, maybe even 108 in a non-superflex. And so I, I will be taking uh, at least three quarterbacks ahead of him in a superflex draft. And so he's moving down and down. I, I, I'm worried about him being a system talent at this point in time. So he moved up from uh, – and I know yards per carry isn't the best you know, stat in the world, but you know he moved up from 4.5 to 6.6. 4.5 isn't a, isn't a great – Yards per carry uh, stat line in college. When you're a true sophomore, and then coming out as a true junior, your real, you know, your really big talents are going to have uh, a better yards per carry than that for the most part, and they're also going to be more of a feature of an offense. That LSU offense this year, to me, is actually very scary when it comes to rookie drafts and really banking on that last year of production. They were dynamic, but I think a lot of that, and we we talked about this a little bit. It's just mentioned uh, Trey mentioned it on the Patreon episode, though, is that. That offensive line was dominant. They were really good. Uh, and that, that matters for the skill position players here. So I think that is a, a part of why it moved up. And it didn't even move up to, like, astronomical levels. 6.6 yards per carry is incredible in the NFL. In college, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, and then moving from 11 catches to 55. And what, what really – like, it's not a huge concern. But when it just comes to just straight stat lines, uh, if you don't have a higher yards per catch – when you only have 11, you know, he had 8.7. And then when you move to 8.2 with 55 catches, that actually moves me off of a player. Like, you you went down, but you only went down slightly with a lot more catches. To me, that means he's not really performing. And I know he's lined up in other spots on the field, but it, it, if you don't have those boom plays in college, what, do, what can we expect of him in the NFL? So I think he's going to be a product. He, I, don't, I shouldn't say, like, I guarantee this, but I'm now shying away from where he's being rated. Uh, in like let's say rookie draft boards on a lot of dynasty sites because of the way he was able to produce in the biggest moments on the the collegiate level with that LSU offense. All right, you're Mr. Big Ten, so come on, you're just ripping him because he knows he's an SEC guy. Let's go to the SEC guy, Trey. And what do you think? He, wow. you, I think you probably watched more than all of us this year. <laughs> I'm I a like Big Ten Michael guy P. too. I like Michael Pirine. <laughs> I just don't think Michael Pirine is that much lower than uh, Hilaire. So, okay, continue. Yeah, I, I think here's the thing, though. For me, I think that Edward Solaire is going to fall in the draft a little bit because, 
you know, I think that there's some of these, these guys, you know, that there's, you know, those big four running backs. And, and to be honest, I don't think that we see a top 10 running back pick. Like, I don't think a top 10 NFL draft pick is going to be sent on a running back. So for me, I think that a little bit of the hype around Edwards Hilaire is just surrounding the recent national championship. And I think when he is around three or around four pick in the NFL, I think it's probably going to, you know, drop him down draft boards a little bit. I actually like Edwards Hilaire. I think that he's really good in a lot of areas that are important in being a long-term contributor in the NFL. I think he's got good hands. I think he's got good feet. I think he has like short area quickness and kind of can make people miss. Uh, he's he's short and stocky. I think he's like 5'8 or 5'9, 205 to 210 pounds, somewhere in that range. So I, I actually like him. I don't necessarily like him as a first round rookie pick in, in your rookie drafts, but he is a guy that I think while hyped now, and, and maybe he continues to carry that name cachet into the to rookie drafts and and goes a little higher, but, you know, I, I kind of think of almost like a Mark Ingram, right? Like Mark Ingram's not blowing anyone away with, you know, burst, but I mean, how old is he now? 20, is, what is he, 28? And, Ingram's you know, 29, turn 30. 29, huge contributor in that Baltimore offense this past year. A guy that had, you know, regular RB1, RB2 seasons in New Orleans. So if Clyde Edwards Hilaire goes to the right, like, like, you know, a, a, a good landing spot. Not not like the Kansas City Chiefs in the third or fourth round because then he's like a top five pick. But but a, a good but not great landing spot. Um, I think he could end up being a decent value. And, and a guy that we look back after his rookie season and say, you know, man, he, he really kind of outperformed where he went in drafts. Yeah, and I should have specified that I think he's going to be a third round. Like I could see him easily being a third round pick in the NFL draft. And that's what will add to this draft stock as well that I think – uh, we're gonna we're gonna move him up too high. Yeah, I've seen anywhere from like late third round, early fourth round. I think third fourth round is where he, you know, is is kind of projected to fall in. Yeah, Trey, you you said already a lot of things that that I like about him. You talked about his hands. He's a he's a good receiver. Really hard to tackle. We saw that in the national championship game, right? Uh, good at pass protection. You know, he's he's fast enough. I think he ran a four four seven in, in high school according to ESPN. So I think that he's going to meet that speed criteria that I have sub four or five for running back. You guys know, I love that. And what I, I think is interesting about him, he meets the age criteria. He turns 21 in April. He'll just turn 21. He's 20 years old right now. So he's going to be that younger back on the league. And that, that, that's a good indicator. And he beat at a five-star recruit, John Emery jr. Uh, you know, if you're in a Debbie league, you probably heard of John Emery jr. And he was a guy that a lot of people were targeting five-star recruit, maybe one of the best running backs in the, in the country that was recruited. Um, going into the 2018 season. So I think there's a lot of things to like. But, but well, I, I, I think, though, even though I, I agree with Trey, and I, frankly, you, I know you like him, too. You're basically just saying, wait a second, let's bump the brakes. I think you're, you make a good observation that, that he may rise too high just because people know who he is, and maybe that won't be warranted. So it, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. if he's a fourth-round draft pick and he goes to Kansas City, what does that do for his value? It's probably, he's probably oh my goodness. Over. Yeah, I mean one hundred and one. Yeah, or even like he would actually like- fit. He would fit really. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, and it, it's going to be you know, it's it's going to again this year be everyone mocking a running back to Kansas City. But I mean, he makes a lot of sense in that offense, and I think would 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 feast in in that offense. But I, I think that he could. I mean, there's a litany of places he could go where I think he would be a, a really attractive option yeah I, I mean even a place like uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you know like people will see that as this oh he's gonna play in Tampa Bay now now Arians has a, a running back and um I I think there are a couple of places despite where he gets drafted that the hype machine will get going so um yeah interesting player to watch and, and a fun player to watch and and yeah it, it, it will be really interesting to see how he gets valued once we know his landing spot for sure. Another guy that is coming in, I, and we're not going to talk the show exclusively about 2020 rookies, but um, Justin Herbert, senior bowl MVP. Um, now we're starting to hear buzz about him. What, what do you guys think about uh, Herbert now? 
Uh, do, do you think the senior bowl helped him? What, where are you seeing reports where he's going to go? And, and what do you think that does to his stock in a super flex rookie draft? I can, I can, I think his senior bowl potentially helped him to move into a close to a lock for a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. And I can't wait to see where he lands. Mr. Herbert, uh, I think he's a kind of a risk reward pick where the reward is just so much higher than what other options you're going to have at that point in your super flex rookie drafts. So I am very excited to see where he goes. He might be the most landing spot dependent. No, maybe not landing spot dependent, but I think it, like intrigue wise, I feel like I'm most intrigued about where he's going. He's a guy that has, you know, the skill set and the intangibles, but I, I, you still have to hear that buzz about how he's a little bit different and he has a little bit different of a personality and stuff. And I, we just, it seems like there's always a correlation. Whenever we hear that about a player like a Josh Rosen, it, it, it doesn't necessarily end well. So that makes me nervous. And, and Trey, one of the things we talked about in a previous show um, was the, um, when we had the Debbie marketplace guys on here, we talked about the six foot six height, like really tall guys, generally speaking, have never done well in the NFL, <laughs> you know? Uh, so um, what, what are your thoughts on Justin Herbert? Well, I, I think that if you kind of go down the list, you know, if, if you look at the first round of the NFL draft, you've got obviously the Bengals at one. I think everyone's pretty convinced they're going quarterback and, and likely um, Joe Burrow. After that, you've got the Redskins, the the Lions, the Giants. None of those teams are probably taking quarterback. But, of course, teams could move up. And if you look, the next – I mean, the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Panthers – we'll skip the Cardinals, the Jaguars, we'll skip the Browns and Jets, the Raiders, the Colts, the Bucks, the Broncos, the Falcons. I mean, there are so many teams that really could use a quarterback. I mean, could you imagine someone like Justin Herbert being able to come in and sit for a couple years behind Matt Ryan as he finishes out his career or or come in and and be mentored by, you know, maybe Carolina brings Cam Newton back for a year. I I mean, I think – I think there's some really good opportunities for Justin Herbert to come in and, you know, if, if he's given the right opportunity and, you know, can sit for a year and develop a little bit and, and be acclimated to the NFL game. I think he's, a, I mean, you know, one of the biggest knocks on him coming into his senior year was he's never had a great accuracy. His accuracy has always been kind of lacking. And this past year, I think his accuracy increased like into the mid 60% range, you know, um, He's a cerebral guy. He's he's got the tools athletically. He's he's a you know a good kid. He's not you know um, known for being a, an incredibly vocal you know leader kind of guy. But apparently was very impressive at the Senior Bowl. You know to the point of where it was like a night and day difference when he or other quarterbacks were on the field. And, and so I, I think that I mean you know quarterbacks are such a desirable desirable position for the NFL. So I think that, uh, you know, top 10, top 12 pick is almost a guarantee for him. And um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes um, and how Tua kind of slides into the, you know, the equation. And so. I, I really, I really want the Panthers to move up and grab Tua. Uh, I think with, with Matt Rule coming and put his stamp on that team, I know Tua might have to sit for a year, but and, you know, they might have to you know deal with that or at least half a season or something like that. But one, just what that would do for the dynasty landscape and the value of Carolina players. That is, I think is the most exciting standpoint that I have with that. You know, that's kind of an interesting segue. One thing I'll say about Herbert um, is that, you know, looking at his college statistics and that was a concern about his completion percentage tray, but yeah, 66.8% of senior year, his career 64%. So I think he meets the threshold he needs to meet. They always talk about guys under 60% you want to worry about. Um, but if he goes to Carolina, I think that's a good thing. Cause I've been on the show sheet. Maybe this is ridiculous and, and I couldn't consciously do this, but Christian McCaffrey, I'm a little bit worried about Carolina in 2020 guys. Cause I, I have this feeling that, it's almost like a, a tank for Trevor situation in Carolina. I'm trying to remember who I heard talking about this today. I've been, I've been pitching that to all Minnesota Vikings fans that <laughs> we should just go 0-16 next year. Right. Well, Carolina is in the position to do it, right? I mean, Regine changed there. Um, and, you know, CMC, I, I know, you know, even with Kyle Allen this year with the bad quarterback, he still put up amazing numbers. And, and not that he's going to have a bad year, but – we, we've talked about this a lot on the show. You can't get higher than the number one asset in Dynasty. 
Uh, I know he's a younger guy. He, you know, he, with his skill set, he's probably going to play as he gets older. And even though he won't be necessarily number one overall guy, he's going to be viable in dynasty for a long time. But is it not crazy to think maybe we should be shopping CMC with, with this situation we have in Carolina? We don't know what's going to happen next year. Or is that just ridiculous to even talk about? No, I think it's not ridiculous. Yeah, I think Shop City. Yeah, I think it makes complete sense. We've talked about this over the years, right? I mean, a couple years ago when it was Mike Evans and DJ or um, David Johnson at the top, you know, remember a couple years ago where Amari Cooper was going like one or or two overall. Um, You know, last year, Patrick Mahomes and Saquon Barkley were locked in at the top. And now, you know, they're falling to the third or fourth pick. I, I mean, I think that it's very, very hard. He just had a historic season. I mean, I, I think in a lot of league formats, he scored like over 120 points more than the running back two this year. And, no. and so, I mean, he just had a ridiculous season. And so I think anyone, if they're smart, and I don't remember what his touch count was, um, and I can look it up here while we're talking. But, I mean, I think that, He's a great weapon, but I think that, you know, having him touch the ball as many times as he did is is probably a bit crazy. It's kind of like running him into the ground. So I think anytime you have someone that is like just a clear and a far and away, I mean, obviously in Superflex, I'm still taking Patrick Mahomes over Christian McCaffrey, but, you know, there, there's a really strong argument for him as the number two player overall. You know, why not float some trade offers out there and see if you can't, get a haul right i mean you know it, it, i just don't know that he, yeah, he had 400 touches over 400 touches this year and and i just don't don't know that he can keep that up and i'm not even going to say anything about his frame or his slight being slight built like it, that doesn't even matter i mean 400 touches is an immense amount of touches in the the grind that is the nfl and, and you know even if it is that a lot of them are receptions and he you know doesn't take a lot of big squared up hits you know, I, I just think that there's an incredible possibility that next year Christian McCaffrey has a pretty significant regression in his production. So so Barry Sanders was on the Dan Patrick show today, and Dan was talking to him about his career. And he's like, you know, you never really got lit up. And because Barry Sanders isn't known for ever taking like a massive pop in a game. But Barry Sanders is like, what are you talking about? I got popped all the time. I think we don't see big hits the way players feel them in the NFL uh, when it comes to just visualizing it and what's actually happening out on the field. Like even a, a hit that grazes off Christian McCaffrey is still, I mean, it's like a, it's still a truck hitting him. You know, it's, it's, it, it adds up, I think, quicker than we want to realize. And so, Trey, I completely agree with that, that touch count. You know, he goes out of bounds on receptions and things like that, but he usually he's getting extra yards and you, you still take shots. I mean, they're not direct shots, but you're still getting – he might not get knocked over, but he's still getting knocked around quite a bit. And that's a top asset type of deal. Like if you could move CMC, even just straight up for Mahomes, you're going to look like you're losing value, but you're, that's a good long-term play. And I don't know that that's being like, we know that he had this historic season, but maybe we, we haven't put enough emphasis on that. And looking at the numbers right now, it, it's pretty eye opening how above and beyond, you know, he went and just what an outlier the season might've been. Um, so if you look at back at 2017, you know, in a, in a PPR league, how many points did Gurley score overall? You guys have any guesses? What do you want to guess? And that was, remember, that was a, he won leagues for you, 2017, Gurley. Yeah, it was like 380, 415-ish. Exactly. Good, good guess. 387. Then last year, uh, Saquon Barkley, around the same, 383. Christian McCaffrey this year, 469 fantasy points in a, in a full point PPR league. I mean, that's amazing. He had what, uh, uh, 150 more points than the next guy, um, in the rankings. So it really was a huge outlier. Um, you know, Gurley only outscored bell in 2017 by 42 fantasy points. So yeah, I mean, I mean, this is not going to happen again and again and again, you've got to shop him around to see what you can get. It, it, it really the, is amazing. The coaching change should be more of a threat, uh, to his touch count. You're not going to have old man Ron Rivera back there just being like, yeah, give our best player the ball all the time. Yeah, and if you're two years away, you know, yeah, you don't want to burn out CMC because you want to save him for when you're a good team, right? I mean, I mean, obviously he's going to score points. He's going to be a, he's yeah. a top probably top five 
fantasy asset, but he's probably going to go closer to like 350 than the, the 469 he put up this year. So I, I just yeah, thought I think that, yeah, th- it's not, I mean, he was six in the NFL in targets. That's, that's likely not going to happen. Right. And, and that I think primarily can be tied to the backup quarterback scenario. And, and then he scored, I mean, he scored 15 rushing, rushing touchdowns. I, I mean, that's absurd. You know, it, it, that's, I don't know that that's repeatable. Um, and, and so I, I think that he's a, I mean, and again, I think, I think Christian McCaffrey is an, an, an incredibly talented guy. And I think he probably is a, a, a solid running back one for the next, you know, two or three years. But if you can cash out and get, you know, just ridiculous kind of offer for him, I, I think it's an incredible opportunity. Like if you could get Josh Jacobs and, you know, two twenty twenty first, or, you know, Josh Jacobs and a, and a top six twenty twenty first, and a, you know, likely top six twenty twenty one first. You know, I think those are those are kind of prices where you're like, you know, I mean, I think that the the difference between Josh Jacobs and Christian McCaffrey production next year is probably, you know, twenty percent what it was this year. I mean, I think I think that they're much closer, and so I, I just think that there's incredible opportunities when you have a guy that's just so overvalued and, and hyped to to shop him. And you don't want to pay for pass points. That's the the idea with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad I brought it up because I, I was thinking, am I crazy for putting this on the sheet? But when I look at the values of players, and I, and I love CMC, but I just think you you've got to, you know, just just common sense. You, you you at least have to shop around, and maybe you can't get that deal because it may maybe people are like, no, he's just too expensive. People may not want to give up to 2021st and another nice piece because they just feel it's too much to give up. But you don't know until you try. Yeah, put it, put just put him only on your trade block in MFL and let that email go out. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, you know, you don't know what people are going to offer. Yeah, so. uh, that's that's I love it. That's that's a good idea. Um, hey, hey Trey, one of the things that Will and I talked about a couple weeks ago, we talked about you know guys that we were really intrigued by in terms of their values, whether they were guys we wanted to buy or sell. Are there any guys that you? And the, the guys that really stick out in your mind that, that you really want to either buy or sell right now, or, or just guys that you're puzzled by their value. You're not really sure what to do. Yeah. And a, cu- a couple of them actually are, are, are on your list. Um, but I think that, you know, we're reaching this point where there's this whole group of guys, right? Like Travis Kelsey at tight end. I think like, you know, you're, you're, you know, tight end ones that are starting to get up there in age, you know, Deandre Hopkins, um, and, and, uh, you know, to a, to a lesser extent, I think, you know, there's some concerns around a lot of those top quarterbacks, you know, OBJ had a tough season. I think Mike Evans now, it, you know, of course has been a, a pretty bulletproof, um, wide receiver in, in dynasty and still had a really great year, but now there's this question of, is, you know, is Chris Godwin, what's going to happen there? Who's going to be the quarterback? You know, so I, I think that there's just a lot of questions surrounding, you know, if you, I know you guys probably haven't done recent startups, but there's really some question marks once you get past those top, you know, six or eight guys. Um, and, and, and even, you know, some of the, some of the guys like, you know, um, Derek Henry and Leonard Fournette that had these incredible bounce back years, but I mean, neither of them are even under contract next year. Right. Um, so I'll be honest. I feel like there's a lot of guys that are, that are really good assets that I'm like, man, I feel like I should be selling these guys, but am I going to really get enough to, to, you know, make it worth selling them? Um, a, a lot of talent coming in at the wide receiver and running back position in the 2020 and 2021 classes. And, and so I think we're going to look back, you know, 18 months from now after the 2021 NFL draft and we're drafting NFL rookies going into the training camp of that 2022 season. And a lot of these names that I'm listing right now are going to have plummeted in, in their dynasty value. And so, you know, I, I think that it's, it's a really important off season for as a dynasty owner, you want to really make sure, are, are you a contender? You know, are you, are you, do you have a really decent shot? You know, are you one of the three or four best teams um, rosters in your league? And if not, I think it's a great opportunity to get out on some of those guys, you know, before they reach the point where kind of like with Julio, right? I mean, two years ago, you could still get, you weren't getting what you were getting from the off season before, but you were still getting probably 
you know, double what you're going to get right now. And so if you're not a legitimate contender in the next year or two window, now is the time to, to get out from some of those guys um, that I think will still produce in the next two years, but you know, their value is just going to be steadily declining. A lot of guys kind of in that, in that range for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this is a pivotal moment because not only is this 2020 class, although, you know, it's, it's not at looking as impressive as we once thought a lot of really, I mean, top end at the top of the draft, uh, running back talent, a lot of wide receiving talent and a lot of wide receivers coming in 2021. Uh, I've heard some of the Debbie community talk about as, as impressive as this 2020 um, group of wide receivers is the, the 2021 class might be better. Although we say this every year, don't we will <laughs> the next class is going to be better, <laughs> but, but I, I do think there is going to be this change in talent and, you know, we're, we're going to see guys like AJ green and Julio Jones at some point um, really fade off and, and, you know, retire or just don't, don't produce like they are now. And um, you know, the, the, these younger guys, they're, they're going to be coming up before we know it you know guys in their prime it doesn't take long for guys in their prime to be 30 year old wide receivers like Jandrew hopkins and keenan allen you know we're like we're just three years away from that so um and i think on the flip side too as a contender it's a good time to acquire julio jones these kind of older guys julio has i mean he's one of the the most freakish athletes we've seen at the wide receiver position maybe ever uh he is a prospect that has been touted to be great his entire life and he's been great his entire life so he could he could reset a few st- like stigmas around you know that size speed athlete and this is i mean as far as contending and and getting the value out of Julio Jones this might be the best time to acquire him so you i mean flip side of the coin of if you don't have him and somebody who isn't going to contend next year they've they've lost a couple pieces or they you know they were riding high on like a Mark Ingram last year or like in you know they were using like Le'Veon Bell they have this, this kind of like Asian running back roster and now they're turning over it, it could be a time to strike you know yeah. two years of of top eight wide receiver out of Julio Jones it could be worth more than any first round draft pick this year that we know of yeah if, if you're at the top of your league if you know you're one of the best teams you know, now is, is is kind of a contrarian thing because no one really talks about this, but this is a good time to buy some of those older players. I mean, I think it's risky when you do that in fantasy. Um, I don't necessarily like to re- acquire older wide receivers, but I mean, it's a lot cheaper now than in season, uh, but, but do know you're, I, I think you're taking a bit of a risk doing that, but maybe guy Kulia, yeah. not so much, but, um, or, or if you're in super flex and your, your two best starting quarterbacks last year were Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Stafford. Right. You know, that's, yeah. you were a contender outside of that. You know, and you missed it, but you still have this young other, you know, this young other core. Anyway, you know your own team build. You know what I'm getting at. Yeah. But if you wanted to take a chance, because I, I bet you could get Julian Edelman real cheap right now, for example. <laughs> I don't necessarily know he's going to be playing next year, but, or who, if he'll be playing with Tom Brady. But, you know, there are some interesting guys that if, if you know, if you're really a contender and you want to acquire someone real cheap, that's, that's an option that's out there for you. <laughs> so. <laughs> You're not biting on that one, Will, huh? You're going out and getting Julian Edelman. No, I, I'm not nearly as excited. What, what about a Devontae Parker? Uh, he's little, he's definitely more expensive, but it, it, it is, are we seeing Devontae Parker emerge? We're just seeing the, finally the, the curve of the fifth-year breakout. The, 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 yes, the very common fifth-year wide receiver breakout. I got to say, when I was going into Devontae Parker, too, I was kind of hoping he was going to be rated higher than what he is in, in most areas. But I thought it'd be a fun, just quick little exercise. And we don't need to spend too long on this. Of like, the, would you like, like, who would you rather have as a, uh, either you had Devonte Parker or you're trying to move for Devonte Parker? Like, are you moving AJ Green for Devonte Parker? I, I will move AJ Green for Devonte Parker. Trey's on board too. Okay, uh, Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks. For for either one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. It's, these are all one for ones. Well, yeah, and, and I, I, well, I put the caveat in now. I'm not going to say, well, I think I could get more value for this guy. So I'm just throwing it out the window. We're just saying this is straight up. We're not considering that at all, right? We're not, yeah, we're not thinking about buying Figure out where you guys have, have Devontae Parker in this like, kind of list of middling. Gotcha. Okay. So, so we're not going to worry about, the, about that value question. So if, if it's just like there, there are two guys left in my auction and I'm the only one that has money left and I could get one or the other um, in that scenario, I would, I would take um, – well, that's not fair because you could trade. I'm sorry. I always overthink these things. You know that well. And that's not what this is designed to do. I can't just, tell. I'll I can't tell at all that you're overthinking it. <laughs> I, I like the um, Rams wide receivers over 
Devontae Parker in terms of what I think they're going to do production, not necessarily value. I'm the same. I would take I would take either of those guys over over Devontae Parker. <laughs> One I thought was interesting that I pulled up from the DLF rankings was Curtis Samuel was one spot ahead of Devontae Parker as far as their consensus. That you know, I, I take I, I may be on an island with this, but I take Devontae Parker over Curtis Samuel. I I I just don't you know Curtis Samuel is just one of those guys he just you know f- flashes sometimes. And I I know that um, there there's value in guys like that, but I don't know Curtis Samuel, especially with the the new offense and new regime coming into Carolina. I'm not interested. I'll take I'll take Parker. Yeah, I think I go Parker too. Although I kind of like I kind of like Samuel there, but. Uh, I think I'd, I think I'd take Parker as well. Okay, Mike Williams. I I, I oh, that's a tougher one for me. That's pretty close. I, I'm pretty darn even. Maybe I flip a coin. I lean Parker though. Ooh, I do not. I take Mike Williams. That one's actually pretty easy for me. I, t- I take Mike Williams pretty pretty easily over Devontae Parker there. Because really, you know, Mike Williams just had his best. I mean, he just had a, you know, 90, uh, 90 target, 1,000-yard season, you know, didn't catch a lot of touchdowns. And, and uh, you know, there's some changes happening there. But I, I still I still kind of like the the profile of Mike Williams, and so I, I would take him over, over Parker. It's going to yeah. be the best regression conversation this year because it's the opposite of last year. Mike Williams, not a lot of yards, not a lot of catches, but a ton of touchdowns. This year, more yards and catches, but no touchdowns. Regression City – all over the place. Uh, let's just run through yeah. these quickly. Yeah, you get, and you get younger, and you yeah, you get younger, higher draft capital. So uh, yeah, Mike. The more I think about it, Mike Williams, is, it's only two years younger, which is interesting. I think oh, Devontae Parker came out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then other guys who were below Devontae Parker in the rankings, I believe, uh, were Nikhil Harry, McCall Harmon, and Corey Davis. Uh, Corey Davis just to throw in because just to torture Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm worried about Nikhil Harry, uh, believe it or not. I, I mean, we're, we're not in, – in terms of value, now Devontae Parker is more valuable than Nikhil Harry. Is that is that what you're saying? Uh, just according to those rankings. On, that's, on, that's interesting. Uh, like right yeah, I, I, I'm just afraid of Nikhil Harry. Um, like, the, the, he's not he's not in a good um, cohort of players with as little production as he had. I know he was injured, but I guess I go with Devontae Parker. Call me crazy. I, it feels weird to say that. Yes, yeah, I'd go Harry. You're crazy. Thank you. I know I can always count on you, Trey. Uh, I would, t- I, w- I would, I would, I would take Harry and Hardman over yeah. Devontae Parker pretty easily, and I would probably not take either of them if I had to choose between him and and Davis. I I probably would take Davis. Just because I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> no, it, it was it was uh, my blind was, devotion was, to Devonte Parker at the early like it was my blind devotion to Devonte Parker earlier on in Dynasty that you know has left egg all over my face. So I feel like I can't bail on my new Devonte Parker and Corey Davis to jump to my <laughs> old Devonte Parker and Devonte Parker. I need to stick around for Corey Davis's fifth year breakout. So. <laughs> That's only two years away, you know? It's, I know. It's coming up. Seriously. So, uh, God, but, and I think that's the thing oh. about – it's interesting with Corey Davis, too, and the way that receiving game changed a little with A.J. Brown and just uh, having Tannehill there. Parker had Tannehill for a while and didn't do anything. So, it's not like Tan- – I, like, I, I think there's some uh, – correlate. there's obviously correlation. You could look at, like, some causation that maybe A.J. Brown's been a little bit overvalued at this moment with, a, with that, that quarterback and scheme. But – yeah, long story short, I'm on the board where I would struggle a little bit with Hardman uh, just because there's not like a, a, a the overly clear path to really great fantasy production versus being a good NFL player. Oh, man, uh, I go back and forth with him. I would risk it with Corey Davis. I, this is the, the – I mean, if Corey Davis bails out now and you only had to pay Devontae Parker, it's not, I, I don't trust that Devontae Parker is going to be anywhere near what he was this year, next year. Yeah, and I know that they signed him to that contract, but but I also feel like they're in a position where they they don't have a ton of salary on the books. They're likely yeah. going to be taking on a rookie quarterback. They they feel like they've got some salary to burn. Like I, I just feel like Devonte Parker is a screaming sell right now. I I just you know I, I know he had a really good season this year, but I think that the likelihood is that they bring in at least one wide receiver, if not two, that are more talented than him. 
in this coming off season. And, and, and this ends up being more of, a, I mean, again, he's 27 years old and I just think that it ends up being more of, a, and, and he just did turn 27, but I think this ends up being just more of a blip and, and kind of a one year wonder. Um, but I could be wrong on that. And I'm, I'm willing to be wrong on that with, with a guy like Parker. Yeah. He looked good and it felt good that he played well this year. If you had him on your fantasy teams, but this is the, I'm in the selling window. I want to change. I want to change positions for because if you, I would agree, Parker's a sell. So let, let's talk about selling Parker for running backs. Darius Geis or Devontae Parker? Guys. Trey. Yeah, I would take Geis. Kareem Hunt, the um, marijuana smoking possessing Kareem Hunt, our old friend. Uh, it changed in the last forty-eight hours, twenty-four hours. <laughs> you take Parker over Hunt. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Hunt just what, has gone completely back to untrustable. Uh, I he always was after uh, what, no, but after what he did this season, he looked good again. He came back in good shape, right, and and uh, performed I, well when he's on the field. And I was excited, and it's just I was too. I'm so I'm so angry at myself because you guys oh. know I talk about this all the time. How many episodes I talked about this? These character guys, and and I just I, I was like, no, I'm gonna hold. You know, his values <laughs> up. I'm so stupid. I missed my window. It's a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. It's a trap. I, I guess in a in a you know a month or two people might forget about it. We'll see what happens. But uh, just just a couple more: uh, Kenyon Drake or Devontae Parker. Kentucky. Parker, I take Kenyon Drake because I think you know there's a possibility that you know he he resigns in in Arizona and you know they trade. Yeah, Please trade Drake. David Johnson to the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, reunited with Bruce Arians. He could be the Damian Williams of the Arizona Cardinals next year. I mean, how are they not? How is that trade not happening? How how are the Bucks not sending a third round pick to the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson? Bruce Arians gets David. I mean, heck, I can feel like they could send anything. They'd be like, like a yeah, fifth. We'll they could probably send a fifth. Yeah. I mean. It just makes so much sense. Bruce Arians was the guy that spotted him and drafted him in Arizona, and. You know, Arizona would free up a lot of salary cap. They can re-sign Drake. I mean, it, it just makes so much sense. Yeah, I feel bad for the running backs of the NFL because of David Johnson and Todd Gurley's contracts. And finally, the last one, Mark Ingram. Do you want Devontae Parker or Mark Ingram? 30-year-old Mark Ingram. Maybe he gets another year, guys. i take Mark Ingram. I don't. I really don't want to side with Trey, but yeah, I'll take Mark Ingram. <laughs> All right. Ooh, I like it, guys. Good job. I want that one year. Give me one year of like RB seven again, or you know something like that. Weeks one through seventeen. Yeah, I, I think that's a good deal. Yeah, I just don't believe in in Parker long term. So if I can get any, any even Hunt, I would consider it, even though no, I don't, don't believe in Parker next year. I don't think long term. Right. Well, that's what I mean. I, that's I don't believe in Parker long term. I think as, uh, any of those running backs can can probably give you a year where they're producing him next year. Maybe, maybe even a couple. Who knows? Drake could give you a couple of years in in Arizona, depending on what. Uh, it is, so. Yeah, that's bad. Bad correlation. Sorry. Um the 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 guy that I said on Twitter the other day it might be the best buy in Dynasty, uh, Brandon Cooks, because his, he's got a DFL ADP of seventy eight, and if you think about that. When you look at that DFL ADP, um, they don't have the 2020 rookies. So the the, the rookies class are going to go in there, and he's going to slip, you know, what, at least six to ten spots, I would imagine. So I get the fears with him. Obviously, th- those those concussion f- fears are real. I mean, he had a he struggle with this um, this year. I saw specialists a couple of times, didn't perform. But I feel like we've been on this road with players before. I remember Devonta Adams, we talked a little bit about this. So – and he's not going anywhere because if the Rams wanted to cut him, I thought I heard the other day that they could cut him, but it's a dead cap hit of $21.8 million. <laughs> so he ain't going anywhere, boys. So what are you doing with uh, with Brandon Cooks? I mean, you can't really trade him for anything. So is he a guy you want to go out and actually acquire, or is it just scaring you off? The Rams' offense might be declining, he didn't produce, or he's going to bounce back and have another 1,000-yard season like he's done four times. Um, what do you guys think? Well, Ryan, what's the most willing to pay for Brandon Cooks here? Let's give a the twenty twenty two oh one. Yeah, I I, mean, I think well, it depends if it's a super. I had to think about super flex. Super flex. Or, Let's go super flex. Here. Oh, we always do super flex. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I don't, I don't know when I when I sit down to think about who might be there. 
that that's that's a tough decision for me. I think it's more than I would want to pay, and I don't think I have to pay that, frankly. Okay, I would pay that. I would I would pay that for Brandon Cooks. I mean, you're you're talking about a guy that you know, other than struggling with injury this season, has had four straight seasons of a thousand yards, um, and you know, I, I just he is a really solid, and and I think one of the things that people are underestimating and and, and 12 months from now, we're going to be talking about it happening with the, with the uh, Baltimore Ravens, you know, the Los Angeles Rams took the NFL by storm and had an incredible offensive season last year. And this year the NFL adjusted and it kind of caught up with the Rams and they had some incredible regression and Brandon Cook struggled with injury. And I fully expect next year with Sean McVay, and the talent that they have on offense for them to rebound. And I expect them to be in the top, you know, five or six offenses in the NFL again. I don't think Sean McVay just, you know, became a, a bad head coach, offensive coordinator overnight. And and so I think that the likelihood that Brandon Cooks is a 500-yard receiver that, that's catching just a couple touchdowns versus that he returns next year and, and puts up 1,000 yards again and, you know, five to eight touchdowns. You know, I, I think that the likelihood of the latter is significantly higher. And so, you know, the, the 201, you know, I mean, maybe you get a guy like T Higgins. Um, so I, I could understand the allure of, of, you know, trying to get that. But if, if I'm a contender and I need a wide receiver to be able to plug in weekly, you know, I, I think Brandon cooks is, is, is worth that. But I do think you're right. I, Ryan, I, I think you're right. I don't think you have to pay the 201 I, I think with the with the rookie hype especially you know on the day of the draft I think you could maybe get Brandon Cooks for you know a, a 203 to 206 range pick or yeah maybe- I think the the owning experience of Brandon Cooks is terrible of of playing in week in and week out is it's pull your hair out frustrating so I, I'm on the sell side of Brandon Cooks if I have him I'm probably I'm the I'm going to be the tortoise and I'm not going to move him because I don't I don't see the really big upside there. But you know, Trey, we we were in a league together. We own Brandon Cooks, and I've owned Brandon Cooks other places. And just as he, he, he in my opinion, he sucks to have any fantasy team. His hype is worth so much more than his production. Well, well, here, okay, so you're talking about, but you're not selling him now, right? Because don't you think he's gonna, even if you hate him as a as a owner, don't you think he's gonna bounce back? You think he's gonna drop in value? Bounce back, bounce back to being just like frustrating as before. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just saying, I think if you hold on to him, and I think he's gonna perform, and it's a risk, but he should um, recover some value. I just think if you trade him now. Because I'm looking at what you can get for him, okay? Like a, a lot of like random 2020 seconds you can get for Brandon Cooks in the, in the trade finder. Um, you could also get a guy like Anthony Miller. I mean, do you want to do that? Would you rather rather have Anthony Miller than Cooks? Yeah. I mean, would you rather have Antonio Brown? That's one of the trades that's on here. <laughs> Maybe you would. Maybe you believe in Antonio Brown, but I, I certainly don't. So if I can get if I can take my Antonio, what was Brown, the date of that trade? Was that pre or post? It was a week ago. Okay. Yeah. So. Potentially pre-assault charges. Yeah, pre-assault charges. But, but like other charges. Were there but too. I think that's a good example. I wouldn't we do that about, either. We talked about this on the Patreon show. That's a good reason to send out deals because if you may have Antonio Brown thinking he's worthless on your roster, but you can't quite seem to want to let him go. But if you can flip him for a Brandon Cooks, man, that's that's money right there. That's found money. I, I would do that all yeah, that, Yeah, like that. But yeah, I'm not – I don't even want to send out lowball offers for Brandon Cooks. Because I don't want to get into that conversation to where I end up finding a deal where I acquire him with other pieces involved in it. I don't know. I don't. I don't really want that. Okay. I mean, that's that's fine. Because um, it's probably it's it, most likely it's not going to be a one for one deal, right? Uh huh. And now we have other pieces involved, and now I'm I'm out. I like I like this um, uh, in, in this Nickelodeon um, best ball league. It looks like at PA Howdy. Heard of that guy, Peter Howard? Um, did he acquire or did he send him away? Um, oh, he gave up David Johnson for Brandon Cooks in this league. Huh. What do you think about that deal? I'll take David Johnson. Take David Johnson. Trey? Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's a that's a ch- – I, I think I probably would take David Johnson too. It's, t- um, it's tough, though. It's not like – 
super easy, but yeah, I take David. Um, we should probably move on. I feel like we talk a lot about Brandon Cooks <laughs> in, on this show. He's interesting right now. I just think it's an interesting player to right. talk about. I think the guy you next plugged in to the show sheet uh, is super interesting, and you make some great points. And I, th- I think there's – and I added a little secondary point in there. That, and he uh, would be – Jacob Hollister. Jacob Hollister. Yeah, you know, not not a guy that's going to necessarily – not, you know, not win your league or anything, but I, I, you know, talking about we talked about two tight end leagues on the Patreon show. Those are becoming more and more prevalent. I think he's interesting because I think he's going to go back to Seattle. Number one, um, basically, he's a restricted free agent. They're probably going to put a second round tender on him, meaning that if they sign him, by the way I understand it, if a team you know signs him away from Seattle they'll have to give up a second round pick no one's going to do that for Jacob Hollister right so I think they're going to get him on a pretty decent deal you know he's competing with a guy like Will Disley that's coming back from this Achilles injury I, I I'm you know I, I don't have a lot of optimism for that um you can get Hollister as a throw-in ADP of 193 um the, the only downside to Hollister is you got to wonder about his upside and Seattle has a ton of cap space um uh, so they're going to be able to sign a tight end if they want to, or, or, you know, maybe they could even draft one, but I do think it's interesting. I, I, on my dynasty rosters like to have like a, like a solid tight end if possible. And there aren't too many of them. And then a guy like a Hollister to back them up because tight ends get hurt all the time. If you're an Evan Ingram owner, for example, he missed a chunk of the season. Hunter Henry missed a chunk of the year. Tight ends get injured a lot unless they're Travis Kelsey who never misses time. So Hollister is kind of that perfect guy. You can acquire him cheap. And when your tight end one gets hurt, you plug in Hollister and you feel pretty good about it, assuming he keeps the job in Seattle. But you don't have to pay much. He's a throw-in. So that's why I wanted to put him on the sheet. I think he's an interesting guy to try to get as a throw-in in deals. I don't think you're – because people will think, oh, you know, Disley's coming back. Disley's going to have that job. I don't know about that, Will. Well, and I said in there, too, I think, I think Disley tore his patellar tendon in his first knee injury yeah, and then tore his Achilles. These are two, like, uh, historically – very, very dramatic injuries for NFL players. If Disley comes back from these two and takes that job, I'll just sit back and clap my hands. Like I'm not, I'm not angry about that. If you, if you paid for Hollister in a three, you know what I mean? Like you, you just appreciate what happened. And Hollister's a good, t- like he's, he was good. And the Seahawks have so many other needs and, and areas they need to replace. And they have to decide whether or not they want to sign uh, Clowney and all these other positions. I don't think the tight end with the way Hollister performed this year. In game, uh, even on a non fantasy side, I think he was solid for them. I think they really liked him. Yeah, and obviously not an exciting guy to talk about here, Trey. But I, I just thought it, he was—he's interesting to me. Just as a guy, because those are kind of little sneaky deals, sneaky throw-ins that can, you know, maybe win you a week. Yeah, I think it's definitely, especially you know, we're talking about two tight end, right? So I think in a league like that or, or a league with, you know, significant tight end premiums, it's, it's definitely worth taking a shot on. Right. I mean, we, we know that kind of historically Russell Wilson has looked for his, for his tight end. And uh, so I, I think it's, I think it's a, a reasonable take. Unless they sign Jason Abercrombie. <laughs> I'm not, it's, sorry. Hollister is one of them. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's kind of a good dad joke uh, towards the end of the show. Hey guys, let's jump into our two minute warning. Um, two minute warning segment sponsored by our good old friends at Angels Envy. Don't forget about Angels Envy. The 2020 draft is coming up, and if you're watching the draft and not drinking Angels Envy, then you're doing it wrong. So, all right, guys, two minutes. What are our final thoughts here at the two minute warning? We'll let Trey, our old friend Trey Barrett, go first. Trey, have any any thoughts to close the show with? Anything you want to throw out there that's that's on your mind right now? No, not really. I think it's a great time of year to, to, to assess where your, where your teams are. And, and obviously, you know, if, if you're planning on leaving any leagues, you should let the commissioner know immediately, kind of identify where your teams are. And, and, you know, don't, please do not sell 2020 rookie picks unless you're getting an incredible return because there are landing spots to be had and there is hype to be built. Um, and so you think that you're getting a pretty solid return for that 2020-101 or that 2020-105 or whatever it is. But uh, unless you're just getting a ridiculous uh, return, I would hold those picks until after the combine and after the draft 
and uh, that's it. It's been, I'm, you know, stoked to join you guys tonight. I'm actually happy that I'm still awake. <laughs> As are we. Uh, no, it was awesome. Trey, as always, uh, will Greenwood, your, your uh, two minute warning, final thoughts. I hate the two minute warning. There's so many other things I want to talk about. <laughs> talk about a tight end. I want to bring up OJ Howard for moving on into the future. I think he's one of the most intriguing, uh, value propositions out there. I honestly am so confused and would love your guys' thoughts on him moving forward, but we are in the two minute warning. Ryan, as you say. So uh, mine would be, uh, I think I'm trying to buy Le'Veon Bell as cheap as possible moving into the next year. He struggled a lot when Darnold was out. That's when some of his worst games were. The thing is, don't expect the world of him, but you want to talk about a solid starting piece in a PPR league. I don't expect the Jets to draft a running back after the complaints about what his contract already is. So I think that he could have at least one more year of really good production. And if, and if he gets traded, that's a boon. You know, let's let's get him out of the the Adam Gase, Dow Loggins offense. Like that's the you want to talk about like the the worst combination of offense you can have. It's the Adam Gase Dow Loggins offense. Like that, that, yes, you know, yes, it is. You're better off just not paying attention. That's the one you don't watch the game. And you see the fantasy score. Uh, so that's we didn't get to talk about him before, Ryan. I feel like a lot, and that's a guy that I, you know, I was paying a little bit for last year, and I shouldn't have the. Uh, I hate Adam Gaze. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My two-minute warning, you know, when this show comes out, the Super Bowl will have just, you know, completed, and we don't know who won because we're recording before the Super Bowl, of course. So congratulations, Super Bowl champions. Um, but obviously it's time to talk about rookies and, 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 you know, get hyped up about the rookie class. But I, I think, number one, don't get too hyped up. Don't, don't fall in love with, with anybody. Gather information along the way and then continue to revalue these rookies. So there's, there's a lot we don't know. Let's see what happens to the combine. Let's see what happens to the NFL draft before you, you know, go all in on a player. And just so you don't get too caught up in these rookies, remember the XFL is coming up. I don't know <laughs> the details yet, but I saw – on um on Roto World, some of the, the blurbs coming out that you know some of these guys that we've forgotten about ha- have signed with XFL teams, so that's going to be coming up soon. So nothing we're really going to talk about on the show, but there will be some kind of football between now and the 2020 NFL season. So <laughs> might as well check it out; it'll it'll scratch that itch for you. It may be Christine Michaels on a team again. Yeah. All right. Oh See. So so let, let's let's look ahead to the XFL and try to enjoy it. Maybe play a little XFL DFS, right? So that'll be fun. All right. Well, we got some yawns from some of the Joes, so we're going to close it here. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I am Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes.